Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. Let me tell you about Veer McCoy, a teacher, healer, author, lecturer, musician, ecologist. He has the brain of a scientist, the soul of an artist. As an ecologist, he has worked as a field biologist, botanist with endangered species and restoration projects. As a healer, he works as a body worker, teaches workshops and lectures, co-wrote the book with Kara Zoll called Liberating Yourself from Lyme. Veer, welcome to the program. Good to have you with us. Thanks for having me, George. You uh, came, came down with Lyme disease once, didn't you? Yeah. In uh, 2001, I was living in California in Marin County, which is uh, just north of San Francisco Bay, and I got bit by a tick. Ugh. Did you know you were bitten? Did you feel it right away? I, not right away. I discovered the tick uh, buried in my armpit a day later. Um, I'm a bad boy. I didn't take a shower the night before, and I discovered the tick a day later, and it was buried in my armpit, and I pulled it out. At that point, it was dead. But by that point, it was too late. It was already infected. Now, how does the tick get infected with that bacterium? So there's a certain number of mammals that carry Lyme disease. Animals like deer, uh, raccoon, and some rats and mice have been found to carry the uh, the spirochete. So it's a it's a little corkscrew kind of bacteria that makes up the Lyme. Borrelia is the name they gave it. And so when a tick bites a deer, the deer actually transmits the uh, the spirochete into the tick. So the tick becomes a carrier. And then when the tick bites you, it basically dumps its, its the deer's blood into you. After you were bitten, Veer, how many days did it take before symptoms started to show? And then what were those symptoms? Well, at the time in 2001, I had not I had maybe heard of of Lyme disease, and so I got bit by the tick in my armpit, and I didn't think much about it. I just thought, oh, you know, I'll just let it keep an eye on it. Nothing happened. About three weeks later, I got a big bullseye rash on my stomach. So we now know that about 50% of people will get a rash within two weeks to a month. And that rash can be anywhere in your body. And it's not necessarily a bullseye rash. It could be a diffuse rash. But then there's a whole host of people that never get a rash. Now, the rash that you get, is it just one, or are they scattered all over your body? It could be a diffuse kind of rash. Typically, the classic thing is what they call a bullseye rash, which is is like a, if you put your uh, thumb and index finger together and make a circle, it's about that size. And now, do you get a fever or anything like that associated with this? Well, I had the rash, and I didn't know what it was. I thought it was poison oak or something or a ringworm, and I remember showing some people, and no one knew what it was, and I let it go. And so that was, that was the problem. So about two to three weeks after that, I started getting arthritis in my hips and in my knees and kind of a moving sort of rheumatoid-style arthritis. So that's a pretty major symptom. And then another couple of weeks after that, I was playing guitar with some friends, and my arm wouldn't move correctly. It was oh, like, geez. move hand, move hand now. So it becomes neurological. How widespread is this for? 
This, the CDC, Center for Disease Control, estimates about 400,000 people were infected with Lyme disease in 2019. So that's just people that reported it. It's probably much higher. It's on the rise. In the last 20 years, we've seen a dramatic number of cases increase, including especially in the West now, in California, Oregon, Washington. And we're also starting to see it in places like Mexico and South America. So it's, it's, it's on the rise. Can you die from this, or is it just uh, a pain in the neck? A few people have died from it and from some of what they call the co-infections, but it's more like (laughs) you wish you would die from it and just get it over with because it gets really drawn out and it becomes what they call chronic or persisting kind of lines, and I can tell you why in a minute. Now, the name of your book is called Liberating Yourself from Lyme. Did you ever think that you would be writing a book about Lyme disease? No, I had no clue, no clue at all. Being a scientist and sort of having a science brain, like as you mentioned in the introduction, I do uh, endangered species surveys and I play music. So that ended up becoming a good company to, to help me come out of it. Now, when you come down with Lyme disease, I have heard that it's with you forever. Is that true? Here's the deal is that when the tick first bites you, it puts this this bacteria into you. And if you get it early enough, if you get that rash and you get it within, say, a month of being bit by a tick and you take some antibiotics, like a month-long course, Mm -hmm. you're pretty much going to knock it out. However, if it gets away from you and it's undiagnosed and you never knew you had it, what happens is the bacteria lays eggs or it turns into a cyst. So it becomes like a parasite in the way that parasites lay these eggs. And they let, they've shown that these cysts can lie dormant for up to a year. Jeez. And then they hatch when the coast is clear. So you get what this, this chronic or sort of persisting lime. This bacteria, does it like multiply that quickly then once it starts to fester? Yes, it, it, starts, to, it starts to really take hold. And then, like I said, within a maybe a month or so, it can start to lay these eggs. It matures, lays its eggs, and then the eggs, like I said, go dormant. But then when the eggs hatch, it mutates. So what you're dealing with, uh, you know, is not the same what you were dealing with before. So it's, it's just this ongoing nightmare. Vera, if that tick had bitten five people, would five people have come down with Lyme disease or just a certain number? No, just a certain number that they've shown that some people's immune systems will just knock it right out. Others, others won't. We're seeing the same thing with COVID. Is it a miserable illness, I guess? When I was at my worst, so Lyme crosses the blood-brain barrier and gets into your brain. When I was at my worst, probably three or four, four years into it, I was driving down the freeway and I, I had to pull over. And it was like, who am I? Where am I? I have no clue. It's like it just completely scrambles your your wow. brain. It gets, it gets into your pineal and your pituitary glands, which are kind of like your master regulator. So you feel like you're going absolutely bonkers. And people get misdiagnosed as having, you know, anything from schizophrenia to bipolar to multiple sclerosis to Meniere syndrome to a whole host of crazy uh, symptoms that you can come down with. Bell's palsy, which I had. I had it all. All symptoms of Lyme disease? All symptoms of Lyme disease. 
What a mess. And, and, yeah, and that's the main issue is that I knew that I was what it was. So I got to sort of follow its pathway as I was diagnosed, and I can tell you that story. But I, uh, uh, a lot of people are never, never diagnosed. So you have all this myriad of weird symptoms, and it could be Lyme disease all along. I was going to say, do doctors misdiagnose it a lot? A lot. A lot of doctors are getting better at it. But so when I first got bit back then and, and my arm wasn't moving right and it was neurological, that was maybe about two months after I got bit by a tick, I went over to a, a friend of mine's house who happened to be a doctor. And, we'd, and he didn't know what it was, what I was doing with him. We flipped through his, his uh, Merck manual on diseases and we started with A, Alzheimer's, no, although I sure felt like that. You know, B, botulism, C, cancer, D, diaper rash, no. I got to L. And Lyme disease, I read about it, and it was like, oh, my God, that's what it is. Went straight down to the doctor and demanded that they test me for Lyme. And they said, no, there's no such thing in California and Marin at this time. And they tested me, and it came back positive for Borrelia burgdorferi, which is, you knew it. I mean, agent of Lyme, yeah. What, now, what are the odds of getting bitten by an infected tick in the city as opposed to someone who's out in a rural area? It's less. The worst spots you have to worry about are the suburbs, actually. Really? Hap- yes. Because what happens is, is that if you think about the edges of the suburbs, suburbs sort of push out into rural areas, right? And so what happens is you get what's called these edge animals, things like deer and raccoon, that live on the edges of where, where, where civilization is increasing. And those animals are often sicker because they're, say a deer is eating uh, your, your front lawn now and you use some pesticide or something and that deer's immune system isn't as good as it used to be. So what they're showing is that Lyme disease tends to thrive in, the, in these edge environments. What happens to the animal that has Lyme disease? Does it eventually die because of that? Some animals can seem to, to have evolved with it and adapted with it and seem to do fine and others can get really sick dogs can get Lyme disease and they can get really sick from it. Now your book of course points out various techniques of building up your resistance and everything else. We'll get into that after the break but uh, when you put this together with Kirazol what made you finally decide I'm going to write a book about this thing? You know it was probably I think I started it in about 2005 so about 15 years ago and it, it just was like wow I'm not getting better from this I'm taking all these antibiotics and seeing all these doctors and I'm not getting better from this I need to 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 start cataloging how I'm going to heal from this so uh, and, a, and a series of really amazing things started to happen which we can get into but yeah it was a 15 year book have you had people come up to you with incredible stories about their plight with this uh, Lyme disease? Absolutely. I mean, it, you know, once it sort of went chronic in me, then I started hearing all sorts of stories of people uh, suffering for years and years and years. I mean, there's 10, 20 years. For me, it was 10 years. Oh. I know people who just never, you know, a lot of people just never come out of it. And it's, it's like a nightmare that won't end. And doesn't it build, uh, doesn't it loosen your resistance so that you're more apt to get other diseases? I'm not so sure about that. You know, I found that I didn't get sick with anything else. It's almost as if my immune system was so hyper-reactive to Lyme that it wouldn't let me get sick with anything else. And I remember the first time I actually got a cold after I was done with Lyme disease, I was like, hallelujah, something else. (laughs) 
I, I, I wonder if you have Lyme disease if you can get COVID. Mm, I'm not sure. You know, I think that with Lyme, it's you, you have such a hypervigilant immune system that, that it may fend off anything. And, and a Lyme, a Lyme is, is just really insidious because it just goes through these hatching cycles and it, it, it hides out in your nervous system, in the ganglia or the nerve centers of your body. So it manifests all sorts of bizarre symptoms. Veer, is yours in check now because of things you've yeah. done? <clears throat> yes, I came out of Lyme disease in 2010, and uh, so I've been completely symptom-free, 110% for over 10 years now. I mean, if you were to go get a test for Lyme disease, would it show positive or negative? It would show negative, and I did get tested quite a, quite a bit, but a lot of times, just like with COVID, those tests aren't completely reliable. Can it sometimes come back for some reason? It can. What what happens is it goes dormant, like I was saying, those, those, yeah. cysts, those cysts will lie dormant, or they call them persister cells, will lie dormant for a year or more. And then you think you're feeling good, and then all of a sudden you get stressed out, or your immune system, immunity goes down, and the, the cysts are like, hey, it's a good time to hatch, let's hatch. This guy's weakened. And so you get these massive flare-ups that can happen a year or two later. What percent of people do you think are walking around with uh, Lyme disease and they don't even know it? I would, well, like I said, we, like I said, the CDC said 400,000. I would double or triple that number. And then even the CDC says that between 5 and 30% of that 400,000, it will go on to develop sort of long-term or chronic Lyme. So that's quite a few people. I would put it up at probably at least a million people a year. And then if we take 25% of that, that's 250,000 people are dealing with chronic Lyme alone. Why is, why is it the tick that's the carrier? Good question, you know. That dirty little thing. I mean, I, I don't know, you know. I mean, why, why, not, a, why not a mosquito, for example? You know, I've seen some studies, a few studies have claimed that it's possible to have it transferred by a mosquito, but it, the, the evidence out there is pretty, pretty rare. It looks like it's, it's mainly ticks, although I have heard stories of someone being bit by a raccoon that contracted Lyme disease. Ouch. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.